0: Welcome to the Weekly Reboot, your regular Friday debrief of things you've heard and seen coming from the Agile community here in Melbourne and beyond. Today we have to share with you an interview I did with Rajesh Mathur. He is running a Agile culture conference coming out very soon in September. There'll be links to get tickets in the show notes, so please check it out. There's only about 15 tickets left, I think, maybe 14, so be quick. Uh, without further ado, let's hear from Rajesh. Okay, so maybe, Rajesh, if you can start off just by telling me a little bit about you. Like, I've picked up a little bit just from our walk around the city just then. Yes, yeah. Um, So you lived in Singapore, but tell me about your background and how you came to be here and how you came to be interested in Agile and all that good stuff. Right, okay. In a nutshell. Yes, long, long story. (laughs)
1: Um, So I was born in India, Uh and um, if I tell you that my first first career my career started as a radio announcer Right. so um, when I was still in uni or you know, the college and I was uh, uh doing as a casual worker I was doing some uh, interviews and uh, some of the announcing sessions and all and that was really really interesting it was about 25 years ago.
0: You're like the third or fourth person that I've had on that has just coincidentally had some kind of background in broadcasting or <laughs> radio so it's quite right. funny
1: yeah. Yes yeah well um I think this is uh this is the creative field where sometimes you you jump just because you want to. Yeah. yeah? So I uh, so started my career as a radio announcer and uh, those were the days when announcers weren't paid very well yeah. and um, being born in a low-income family, I thought maybe tech is the right direction and tech was growing that time. So yeah, I yeah, yeah. Yeah, started doing that. Uh started working as a web developer and those were the early days for for website people or any kind of um, HTML and Dreamweaver and those kind of things, I was right. using. Um, so.
0: And had the Indian sort of um, technology economy taken off by
1: then? I'm, I'm not very sure. I think it's um, um, one. Indians are smart people, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not including myself. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> um, I, take it. I would
0: definitely agree. And so. Well, well, like any country that values education, right? No.
1: Yes, yes. so education is highly valued in India and most of the people you will find they're at least graduates. Mm. Um, If you're not graduate, um, even though the the rate of illiteracy is very high, Mm. but rate of educated people is also very high. So most of the people try to be at least um, hold a graduate um, degree or some kind of diploma and a lot of people go and do their post graduation. and, and Indian parents usually they, they want their kids to become doctors and engineers or computer scientists yeah. or what, so um, this is what happened in my case as well, that parents wanted me to be a civil servant and civil servants are considered um, uh, very high in the chain of um, you know the, whether education or career. Yeah. So they're highly respected. My father was a civil servant. Um, he was uh, commissioner in the, in the city, some sort of um, government uh, government job, but not mm-hmm. highly paid, mm-hmm. but highly respected person. I wasn't really interested in all of that. So I did some stage shows and also um, worked on radio and did a couple of shows on TV because I was very creative and wanted to do that. Yeah, right. But I think environment wasn't right for those things. So from that, since the circumstances were like, I have to choose between one of those things, I jumped into tech. Mm -hmm. So, And tech, uh, to answer your question, tech was becoming popular day by day Mm -hmm. because I think other countries were looking for smart people who could write their codes or do stuff for them at a fraction of the the cost. Mm -hmm. So this is how it started booming. And people, I see many of my friends who who were there in college with me and they started learning more about coding languages Mm -hmm. and they were... Creating products and yeah,
0: so it must be huge now over there. Yes, yeah, the unis and
1: stuff. You won't believe how how big it is. Um, If we go to, uh, there are malls or like Myers and David Jones, there are similar malls who only cater to software industry. You can find any kind of software there. Wow. Yeah sometimes fake as well yeah, yeah. <laughs> but anything it's yeah. crazy yes but
0: there was a yeah. time when it seemed to be known more for well not more but as well for call centers and um, it's, it's still
1: yeah,
2: yeah. but there technology are many, definitely yeah. has yeah.
0: in my head yeah um has certainly boomed over there i mean yeah. to the point where they've got their own kind of healthy conference mm. um you know well, industry are, correct and,
1: yeah yeah so i i know many many people who Run their own call centers there. Yeah, right. So it's okay. e- easy. Infrastructure is available. Yeah, right. It's not expensive. Uh-huh. People can speak English. Some of them do not understand it well because sometimes even I have problems. Um, so, but still, considering that the, the environment and the infrastructure is there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's easy to have a call center or a tech job there. Yeah, right.
0: Yeah. And when did you leave, and where
1: did you go? Um, so I was traveling around. Uh, early so in 2000 around 2005 um, and then then onwards I've been just traveling so Mm -hmm. went to America first lived there for a few years I spent time in California I was working for a software company there and from uh, America when when the the GFC hit America in uh-huh. 2008. I uh, I left America and moved to India for a month or so, but that was the time when, when a company in UK, they approached and they said, yeah, look, we are hiring people in India, but for UK. So they sent me to UK, a couple of years in UK. And after UK, when I was there, I got a call from Hong Kong and uh-huh. I still do not know how they found it, but I got this call from a recruiter in Hong Kong and said, look, we um, are looking for people to set up some services here for an airline i said which airline And in the Cathay pacific airway said oh my god i've been traveling with them for such a long time yeah, yeah. um and i never thought that i will i will get an opportunity to work for them
2: yeah, yeah.
1: so so kathy flew me from london to hong kong that was that was the best flight of my life because <laughs> i was treated like a king there <laughs> um and, I um,
0: guess that's the, the one thing that they can provide you. yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> as of an employee benefit.
1: Correct. yeah, great employee benefits there yeah. at Cathay. So um, I spent about about four years and few months in Hong-, Hong Kong. and when I was in Hong Kong, um, one of my mates, he, he's a recruiter here, um, some senior guy. And he's from England, so we knew each other. Yeah. So I, I was working for Boots, the chemist. It's a yeah, very it's big company. Boots, yeah, yeah it's a, so I was a portfolio manager there. That was in two thousand eight or nine, yeah, in right. the beginning of nine. Um, so so he called me and he said, "Whichest do you want to come to Australia? Because I'm looking for someone um, for a regulatory agency here." I said, okay, cool. So <laughs> came to Australia. We were traveling to Australia on vacations, anyways. Yeah. right So. Um, it seemed like a good choice. We loved Melbourne whenever we came over here. and uh, So yeah, Melbourne, Melbourne became a good choice for us.
0: Cool. And here and where, whereabouts, and how did you get, I guess, interested in agile ways of working?
1: That was a long time ago. I think it was 2004 or five when uh, the product company I was working for they started um, experimenting with XP and some other stuff. So. So theory was great, and the values seemed quite interesting. Mm-hmm. The practices were very, very interesting. So XP was a great practice. Yeah. And so I, I got interested. I, I became part of that. I wasn't a good developer, but um, so I, I started working as a tester in the teams. Mm-hmm. And, yes, yeah, so that was my first exposure there. So I, I started buying books on Agile. I think my first book was somewhere around that time, 2005 or mm-hmm. six, when I bought... Mike Cohns, and I think it was 2006 when Mike released his um, Agile Software Development or Agile uh, Estimation and Planning book. Yeah, yeah. So I started buying those books, started reading stuff, and yeah, this is how my journey to agility started. Yeah, great.
0: And now, um, what are you up to now?
1: So. I'm working as an independent consultant these days. Um, I was working as a full-time consultant with a a consulting firm, Sydney-based consulting firm, decent size, and um, working with some senior-level folks, uh, CIOs and general managers and all that, working on their strategic initiatives, Mm -hmm. working with uh, their teams to implement agility, not just agile practices, but mainly the mindset part. And that is the hard part. So yeah, and these days short-term consulting assignments. Plus, I'm focusing on two of my conferences. One is related to agility. It's called Agile Culture Conference. And the second one is uh, Australian Testing Days that oh, I started about okay. four or five years ago with some yeah. other some other people. Yeah. And it's one of the, the highly respected conferences. Mm, and yeah. Very good. So Agile Culture Conference is coming on 6th of September.
0: I know. I'm going to ask yeah. you lots about that. Okay. <laughs> so. so tell me about Agile Culture Conference. Or, or first, what do you think Agile Culture means?
1: It's an important question and a very good question. A lot of people ask me, what, what, what do you mean by Agile Culture? Is it Agile and Culture or just Agile Culture? Look, agility itself, when um, itself mean um, being nimble, doing the right thing faster, not delivering faster, but, but to change the tracks faster. Yeah, And it also means changing the mindset uh, by being, and, and there are some hidden, hidden sides which are being collaborative, um, having no fear of speaking. So psychological safety is mm-hmm. a big part of agility, which a lot of people don't pay attention to. And I looked at all the conferences here. I've been speaking and or, or talking or helping at many many conferences here and um, other parts of the world as well. And um, I thought no one is actually paying attention to the culture aspect. Mm.
2: Yeah.
1: When we talk about culture, it it seemed as if this is an this is a HR kind of conference. Yeah. yeah. But agility is about culture. Yeah. If you are not working well together, you won't be able to practice the the agility yeah. so i thought maybe i should start uh, something which which gives people plat- a platform where yeah. they can talk in a safe environment they can learn from each other and also from people who who have uh, built high performing teams yeah so what agile culture means is uh, being adaptive being responsive being able to change the course quickly um, being supportive to each other being um, having psychological safety, whatever, and uh, as we know, many, many organisations they are poor on that aspect. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I feel like um, I, would, I totally agree mm. um, I feel like it's often something that if I'm first working with a client or mm. uh, in a company, yeah. I don't start with that because it feels a little bit woo-woo, do you know mm. what I mean when I say mm. that, like a little mm. bit is she going to start talking about yoga and scented candles? And <laughs> sometimes it's, it's, you know, it's often not what clients come to you for. Correct. They don't know yeah. that they're buying into something yes. that that yeah. might result in a change in culture yeah. or mm. it might do better if they have a change in culture. Yeah. Um, so it's often something, yeah, that I don't lead with, I think. Mm-hmm. I really feel like I have to know the clients before I kind of broach mm. that topic. Well, yeah. Would you agree or what would you say about that?
1: I, I do agree. Many clients that I worked with, they only wanted uh, training in a practice or they just needed a framework or um, they were looking for someone who can coach their teams Mm. in agile practices or tools, yeah? Yeah. Well, my approach is usually I talk to people what they really want. Mm. In one case, I was sitting with um, some of the directors and uh, the the guy said, one of the directors said, "Um, we want... um, you know those um, competency uh, practice communities of practices
2: mm-hmm.
1: sorry. so he said we want to build a community of practice and so why do you want to do that and he said so that we can build this um, particular community of agile or testing or development I said okay but what is the objective of this so we went uh, uh, forward and backwards mm-hmm. a couple of times and he said so then I asked him I said, uh, said do you want happier teams and um, people who are capable so you want to build their uh, skills and you want them happy and he said yes so as if that was um, uh, that was an aha moment for him yeah, right. so he said yes so I said alright let's start working on that yeah, yeah, yeah. not just uh, start a community of practice for the sake of it Yeah. so I've seen both um, yeah. where people are people just start with trainers in a framework. Yeah. But that's possibly not the, the main objective yeah. until you probe and until you discuss things yeah. and then you find their original goal mm. is different. Mm. Yeah.
0: Well, I think, yeah, I would but agree. But it depends on people. It does depend on people yeah. because there's there's that, that, like I've worked in some places that have amazing high-performing teams, lucky enough to have worked in some of the great companies and, and as have you, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, but you always find the people that are a little bit eye-rolling, you know, a little bit more sceptical about the, the ha- happiness and are just really after that mechanism for getting delivery done. Yes. And so with those people, I just talk to them about eff- effectiveness and efficiency yeah. and removing waste and all those good things that still yeah. resonate. And you can see they want those outcomes. They want great products. They want you know, commercial products that I spend with customers, yeah. but they're very kind of, they, they're quite skeptical about anything to do with people's happiness, or find that too soft a topic to enter yeah. into. Yeah, why do, you, why do you think that is, that not everyone gets it at the same sort of level that maybe you do, maybe I do? Yeah. Maybe the yeah. kind of people that are gonna to come to your conference do.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah, um, look, in some cases I found that of relating agility to their own strategic initiatives is useful yeah so if i find um, about the organization and uh, what the ceo's um, you know vision or the strategic initiatives are usually they say we want to build the high performing teams or we want to be faster we want faster time to market and all that yeah Mm. and then you start relating to that look this is what you want is it and they say yes and then you can direct the conversation Mm. how that happens and i think People who are genuinely interested in building high-performing teams, they will come to the conference. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Do you think it's possible to get even short-term results, though, and kill culture in the process? Yes. Yeah. It,
1: it is possible. You just have to find ways. It's, well, I won't say just have to because whenever we use just, we don't justify with that.
2: Yeah.
1: There are ways. It's, it's about finding ways. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, it could be anything maybe there is an influential person, not in the team, but in a, some other department who is being affected by mm-hmm. um, the changes, and they are interested in the culture thing. Yeah.
2: Mm. So
1: you have to find And
0: so, yeah. are you inspired to do this because you've worked in some terrible cultures Rajesh,
1: or well, yeah, the opposite? That, well, it, it's both. So I did work in a few terrible cultures and I thought, why isn't anyone telling people that this aspect is very important Mm. not just applying some framework or or some practices so that was one reason another one was uh, as I mentioned before that I couldn't find any anywhere where people had a platform to talk about these things yeah yeah so that that was also one of the main reasons we talk about culture everyone talks about culture but most people and I'm saying most the, of those who I know, and I can claim that I know a lot of people.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, they do not know how to implement these things. Yeah, yeah. They haven't seen anyone talking about these. Mm. How to do it, mm. and that's why I thought maybe we give a, a platform to people where they can come over and learn how to do it. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Learn from each other. You learn from each other. Learn from um, others. Mm. So I have uh, four keynotes. Tell me all about so. them.
0: Some
1: of them I know very well. In fact, mm, I think maybe you all of them. Know, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, so, the idea was um, not to create just uh, an unconference, yes. Because unconference sometimes sounds like uh, something loose on a structure. Yeah. And people, you know, if we consider shuhari mm-hmm. of martial arts, then people do need some direction. So I thought maybe we have just couple of uh, or few keynotes, yeah. and then through those keynotes we drive the unconference side or the open house. Um, well, I spoke to some other people, including Dan, uh, Dan Prager, Ruma, and Andrew Doshin, mm-hmm. and So, and they they liked the idea that we if we can have some structure yeah. which directs people or the drives drives the unconference side. And um, so I decided to talk to some of those people, including Craig Brown, who happens to be a good, great friend of mine. Yep. I respect him a lot. So I threw the idea um, to Craig, and he said, I, I, I would like to speak as well. And yeah. he said, great, I would like to have you as one of the keynotes, because he did a, he did great work at um, Aconix. Yeah. And then now he's doing some great work at Everest yes. Engineering yeah. too.
0: Have you listened
1: to his episode? We have him. Uh, I haven't yet. Oh no, I did. I did. Yes, good. it was a great episode. <laughs> yes, yes, I did. Good. I, uh, yes, yeah. <laughs> I yeah, I recall I did. Um, so that was a good episode and Craig being Craig, he I was know, just, just um, Yeah, it was great flow of com- uh, communication there or a conversation there. So, um, when I spoke to Craig and I started uh, looking for others, and I asked Craig. So uh, Craig introduced me to a few other people, including both, um, you know, Johanna and uh, Jordana and uh, uh, Paula. Yeah. And both agreed to speak. They have done great work at their organizations. Jordana works for World Vision Australia. Yep. And. Paula used to work for DS, but uh, she runs her own consulting firm called Mass Dynamics, but she's also doing some great work at um, Flying Robot School.
2: Yeah,
0: well, she's also, I think, working with the Eliza Hall Institute as well. Right. I think okay. there's, well, you, you'll find out, um, I guess, in a few yeah, weeks. Um, yeah, she's doing a lot of stuff, yeah, so yeah, I she's thought
1: she's, she's a good person to mm. have on. And, and the best one was James Ross mm. from Inverto. Because he built the whole team at Aconex, and then he moved on to do the same stuff at Inverto, which, at which he did. Mm. And and so many pl- people respect him a lot for how he built these things. Yeah. So I asked him, and he loved the idea.
0: Yeah. I love um, that you've got James, too. He's Because um, he, he talks very well. I don't know if you've ever seen one of his talks before, but there hilarious too Mm. but I haven't ever seen him talk purely on the topic of culture so I'm super interested he'll normally pick a technique or a technical area or Mm. you know something that's
1: behind those technical areas is again culture so he has learned uh, working with people and uh, how to effectively work with people and that he applies to his technical areas and I think that's that's what he's going to talk about Mm. how he did that so it's going to be an interesting talk
0: the other thing he's done is um, he's one of the people who run CTO School. In yes, the, I know. Um, I'm, Yeah, I'm do a you member go? of yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, And, yeah, I'm quite impressed about the amount of, um, you know, how can I say this? He's been a consistent member from the start, and I've seen quite a few of the people running it come and go, and he'll devote a lot of his time to bring in that mm. community together. Mm. So I think there is that, that... In all of these people, there is that tendency to, you know turn up to your job and do a great job but do other things on top of give that give back
1: to the community yeah. yeah
0: yeah. and it's impressive I think
1: yeah all, all of these people Craig Brown or Paula or Jordan oh, or James good. they all yeah. do other stuff mm. yeah for the community yeah. like you do
0: I'll try to yeah. this is one of them um, yeah. yeah I think it's about I've talked on the podcast about it before but perhaps it will be something that comes up at your culture conference as well which is you know, uh, uh, doing stuff to fill your own cup, and to Perfect. to make you feel a yeah. bit more fulfilled yeah. beyond, um, you know, turning up and earning your money when you have to. <laughs> <Perfect. Yes. laughs> Which is can yeah. also be very rewarding. Right. but Yeah. There's yeah. there's extra things that you want to do, and also you know the things that you learn that you want to share as well. Yeah. I think that's like, true. Or, as you when you get to a certain age, you want to <laughs> start, um, yeah, downloading some of that stuff and, and using that to spread true. around some goodness. Yeah. Mm. So what do you think people will leave with after the event? Or what are you hoping?
1: Uh, yes. Uh, we were just the day before. Andrew, uh, Doshan, Ru myself, and Dan Prager, we were talking about that. Yeah, great. So the question was, um, Andrew asked me this question. He said, okay, let's let's discuss what would people leave with when they leave the conference. He said, uh, so we started choosing some Post-it notes. and uh, uh, so t- of how course, success- Agile Technique. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Dan said, the then then
1: said we are not going to use positive notes <laughs> the conference alright okay we will uh, use whatever we can, yeah? it's, uh, whatever people like no. um, so we started uh, thinking out loud what people might um, leave with, and uh, in my opinion it was when people leave they have some good ideas of how to build self-organizing teams or how to build better cultures or at least in in their teens if not the whole organization mm-hmm. what are the techniques how others have done things that they can possibly apply mm-hmm. and also since there is an open house so people will learn from others as well how others have done or they will see their challenges and sometimes they they say what others might not be doing right. Mm. Yeah. So by looking at someone else's problems, sometimes you understand what what mistake you may not make.
2: Yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: So when they leave, I, I think they have a, they will have a clear idea what they can implement, how they can change things, or at least they will be able to change themselves um, so that they can influence others. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Mm, very good. Yeah. Um, what's it like running a conference? Like it's one of those things I'm a little bit. Um, in awe of, a little bit scared of, and then every time I think maybe we should do something, I kind of think, I don't know if I want that dominating my life <laughs> so much, <laughs> but
2: you've been doing you the testing p- one for a while.
1: Yeah, I've done the testing one, I've done um, a tech, pure tech one, so yeah. t- test and tech automation conference, and uh, I've been part of last conference, Yeah, I've spoken at um, software engineering conferences, so mostly tech conferences. Yeah. Um, so, if I say how many I have organized, uh, I think I have already organized eight or nine conferences.
2: Yeah. Right.
1: I've spoken at, I think ten or fifteen or twenty. Yeah. And um, have been helping out uh, last conference in the last four years. So, uh, yeah, I've been,
0: I've been <gasps> deeply in a involved. Guy. <laughs> yes, deeply <laughs> so I, involved. I asked Michelle this as well, and she said, unbelievably, a lot of it is about venue. That's almost like the first thing you have to lock in.
1: Well, that depends. Right. How, yeah. So I did not have a venue for the Agile Culture Conference. It was just a concept. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So how do you feel?
0: Yeah. Do you do? Do you apply lean techniques to your, like lean start techniques to yourself and say? First, I have to prove that there's a market for this before I create it. Like, how do you, you know,
2: go about it?
1: Last year, I gave a talk. which was talk and workshop at last conference. Yeah. And I found out that it was one of the most popular ones okay. I had about 80 people in the room yeah. and uh, the feedback was astonishing and I talked about lotus blossom technique
2: uh-huh.
1: it's a problem solving technique and you can also apply it to different areas so when I bought my house I created a lotus blossom for myself oh beautiful um so when i was t- uh, telling people or training them at the conference and afterwards i did that three four times because there was demand people came to me and they said can you
0: come, and do come it yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: so i told them i i applied this technique and i mm-hmm. apply this technique uh, for conferences as well okay so when i give my workshop uh, i show them how i organize conferences uh-huh. and there are different aspects of co- organizing conferences you have to consider speakers you have to consider your legal aspects of finance and then you also have to consider um, ticketing platforms Mm. and so tech tech side and all Mm. that yeah so there are multiple areas and once you use that technique it's like a structured mind map Mm
0: -hmm. so do you think people were coming to learn about the technique or learning how to run conferences
1: people were coming to learn the technique and applying the conference idea makes it very clear how a big conference can be organized by just applying this this technique it's a great technique yeah. um, so how it is organising conferences if you do not have passion mm. it can be stressful yeah. if you're doing it you know, for money it. Yeah. <laughs> you can lose sleep yeah
0: right
1: yeah I do it because I enjoy doing it it's it's, yeah it's just it gives me a high yeah, yeah, when yeah. I'm organising conferences so
2: yeah one thing I always be, oh, passion, passion, yeah, in
0: yeah. ed is um like on the day hmm. it, it's one of those things that does have a fixed deadline
2: yes <laughs> um, yeah
1: well not technically okay tell me yes. more if it is an unconference like agile culture yeah. you always have the opportunity to change the date yeah, right. yeah but if it is a big conference like the testing one that i do you can't change the date because the implications can be lost or it's, it can be financial impacts yeah right because you how have to how many people the, go to
0: testing days?
1: um n- depends so one of them I I had about 300 people one of them people uh,
0: to feed and
1: uh, yeah yeah it's uh, well venues usually take care of everything yeah usually it's about 150 people at these conferences
2: yeah
1: so but you need to consider uh, who is talking when yeah. and what kind of food you have to consider all, all all those requirements dietary requirements as well plus ticketing platforms you have to consider how many how much money you're paying to <laughs> even bright whether you're paying too much or not yeah, well, whether you're able to generate the labels or the badges or yeah, whether yeah. you need you know special equipment for someone there are so many aspects yeah, it, it is It can be stressful. Yeah. Yeah. I guess it's it's fun.
0: How well you manage it depends on how much whether it's costing you or actually making you enough to pay (laughs) yourself back.
1: Yes, I I apply just one rule. Yeah. I don't call my conferences not for profit. Uh I call them not for loss. Ah, very good. (laughs) As long as I you know, there is a break even I don't lose any money. Yeah. (laughs) Great, yeah. And the outcome is good because I enjoy them.
0: So I'm guessing the people that's going to come to Agile Culture Conference will already be practitioner level and agile ways of working. Is that correct or is that a false assumption? That's,
1: that's and, um, you know, I think it's a kind of a prerequisite that you should know about agility a little mm-hmm. bit, yeah. But I've seen some people have registered who uh, do not know much about agility, mm-hmm. but they want to learn about culture learn, as well. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the idea is to focus on teams and 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 um, cultural aspects of the organization mm-hmm. yeah so you asked me about what Agile culture is or why Agile culture is because I have noticed the organizations which are good, good at mindset of agility they have higher retention rates, even though people don't get paid as much or people can always for example Zappo mm-hmm. yeah, Zappo had a great culture and I, I remember one of those anecdotes where one of their customer service staff, he or she talked to one of the one of the customers for 10 hours. Yes, I remember that yes. story, brilliant. Yeah. and it's a true story. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just because people believe it's the company or the organization is their own, and that comes from the great culture that people or the leaders built into yeah. the organization. So, um, agile culture is all about, um, you know, People, making people happier in their jobs or giving giving them um, the ability to consider the organization as their own yeah. and do the right thing. Uh-huh. Yeah. So all the agile, agile organizations, good organizations or teams that I have seen, um, people are ready to stay back, people are ready to do the right thing, doesn't matter how long it takes, people are ready to save money for the organizations if, even though they have the ability to spend money and mm. no one asks questions but um so in agile organizations uh you know people save money for the organizations the retention rates are higher organizations make more money be- because their people are making money for them mm-hmm. and they're keeping their customers happy yeah yeah that's what agile culture is
2: I think.
0: yeah i think you're right yeah. there's a lot of companies that try and get close to it or want to be that yeah. they might not be that way yet. They might be on a, I guess, journey mm. to get there. They might, they might be aware of, of that, that. They're on a journey and yeah. moving towards it. But there's also a lot of places where, you know, there's there's still a lot of agile teams around, and their leaders would have not have the first clue about.
1: No, work with some of those. What's good
0: leadership <laughs> and what's good culture?
1: Yeah, for them it is applying a method. Yeah, yeah. it's not. Being, being agile, yeah. yeah, it's applying a method or a practice and they just want to say, look, consultants, you go and do things, create some framework for our teams mm. and we'll be agile. Mm. Yeah? We start sticking some post-it notes and create some Kanban <laughs> boards, no, that's not what agility mm. is all about.
0: Do you think that, there's, that it, it, it even matters, do you think, like, well, if they get 80% better, mm. who cares? Or do you think that I, they're I not 80% better?
1: No, I don't think that they're 80% better. So
0: what do you think, Ian? Like, if a, if a team was mechanically going through, just hypothetically, yes. doing their stand-ups, they're reviewing their backlog, they're picking highest-priority things, so they're mechanically going through and doing all the agile stuff, hmm. um, where is the opportunity lost? Who cares if they've, if they've got great psychological safety? Where do you think... The, the benefits are being left
1: behind? The long term vision or long term benefits are usually lost when you're um, just applying agile practices for short term. Yeah. And this is where I think the benefit is lost. Mm-hmm. As I said, pretension is high in the agile organization, true agile organizations. Um, people are happier. But if you just apply the practices, people have the opportunity. To find someone else where they say, look, I applied agile somewhere Mm. else, and I I, I have these skills, so I'll come over and work for you for more money.
2: Mm.
1: Yeah, that's just one example. Yeah. So, um,
0: the other kind of things I see is, you know, people not speaking up about what might be good or bad. Product Correct. ideas not being yeah, open to true. the feedback, so yeah. we pursue bad ideas. Maybe Correct. And
1: thanks for giving me this clue here. <laughs> <laughs> I was I'm, I'm holding crucial conversations, yeah, and these guys that. from Vital Smart, uh, they have written some really great books, including Crucial Conversations and Influence. They have done so much of research, not just with thousand or two thousand people. They have sometimes done research to organizations um, up to twenty thousand people. They collected a lot of data and in their books they have referred to many studies including uh, financial agility the cost of conflict avoidance um, long distance loathing corporate untouchables and we we see people mm. who fit into these different studies that they have they have done these the research
2: mm.
1: all of these studies prove that um, if you're not a truly agile organization where you don't have psychological safety the chances of um, losing are more than winning mm. so this is where i think applying practices or methods yes they can have some short-term impact but if you have the psychological safety if you have the agile culture mm. or the culture of agility the long-term gains are more mm. that's what i think
0: wonderful hey um, i want to ask you all about your last conference panel discussion which i was a yes. guest on yes um <laughs> I thought it was a an interesting topic, um, and a couple of the questions you asked me surprised me as well. But um, what? So, tell me all about your session first, and what what it was about.
1: So the session idea came from Dan Dan Prager. Okay, I respect him a lot. He's a very intelligent guy.
0: Yeah, Tony had a coffee with him this morning,
1: coincidentally. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I was talking to Dan Prager, and um, we both have have um, read some stuff from the Jerry Weinberg, and we have. Uh, looked at the other the other side of technology which is how do we keep people sane? How do we stay happy? How do, what is the um, effect of, um, you know, people are going through a lot of pain, yeah. stresses, depression. but We don't really talk about that. We were talking about agile coaching and what exactly is happening in the industry and mm. we, we were talking and then we said, yeah, a lot of people just do a two-day course do a couple of years as a scrum master and they say i'm an agile coach yeah but coaching has much more um than just coaching um a practice yeah and so when we were talking and um dan saw something on linkedin and he he um tagged me into that post and james copley and from uh, james copley and, you know scrum patterns guy is a highly respected person so he jumped on that and said what is the damage that we are doing here
2: yeah. I
1: said, all right. Look, um, it's not. I think people are doing a lot of damage by calling themselves whatever.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And so we got into this other discussion of uh, how not speaking up or how having fears or stresses or depression, all that, that affects people. Yeah. So we, so I um, discussed this idea with Craig, and he said it looks like a good idea. We should uh, talk about. Is is there any boundary where agile coaches sometimes? Um, Cross that boundary or not, mm-hmm. they get into the um, counselling um, instead of just sticking to, you know, the, yeah. Uh, yeah, to those boundaries. So we decided to do this panel, and um, Dan Prager and myself we had multiple conversations around how to do this panel, what to focus on, and I I've been a fan of Jerry Weinberg's work, Carl Rogers' today, uh, somewhat, and Virginia Satir who was one of the greatest family therapists. So some of her ideas can easily be applied in coaching.
2: Yeah.
1: And we thought we should run this uh, this panel. Mm-hmm. And you had th- a
0: doctor on the panel? We
1: had Dr. Amy Silver, because um, when we were discussing this idea, we thought it won't be justified if only Agile coaches, coaches, or, coaches or consultants yeah, yeah. are talking about it, and we don't have the representative, uh, or at least a representative yeah. from uh, counselling sites. So Amy Silver she has been doing some great work here so I asked her and she said yeah okay I I would be I would love to join the panel Great.
0: yeah and how did it go I mean I know how it (laughs) went because I was there
1: when we posted it on LinkedIn the idea some of the respected people and you know um, people have opinions and it wasn't on LinkedIn James Copley and he put it on Twitter yeah and before that, I had a um, a chat with James. So he understood the idea. He respected the idea. But some other prominent names they jumped on that uh, on it as if it is a useless debate.
0: Mm. That's Twitter uh, for you, though. Around yes. yeah. the opinion. Correct.
1: Yeah. Oh, exactly. I heard
0: something yeah. like it. Uh, I heard a statistic, and it was something like two percent of the people on Twitter are doing the commenting. So it's like. It's just like such a small percentage of even the population that's on the platform.
2: Yeah.
1: Quite amazing, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So someone said, I won't take the name, it's a highly respected person, but said, looks like a straw man debate. Yeah. So no, it is not a straw man. It is an important thing yeah. people because people are going through a lot. Mm. So we need to discuss that. And one point I mentioned that it, there is still a, a stigma attached to um, therapy. Mm. Yeah, so until we talk about it, no one would say anything and people will suffer. Yeah. And this is when some people in, in the room they raise their hands and said, Yeah, I have a therapy and that was the greatest start. This is what mm-hmm. exactly I wanted. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it went very well. Dan and I, we are still talking about some to continue this. Yeah, because
0: the, there was quite a lot of, um, it felt like the start of a conversation rather than a finish and the other interesting thing I thought was that Dr. Amy Silver started getting interested in agile stuff. It was like, yes. she said, oh i had been veering away from this topic because I just thought it wasn't at all yes. in my zone yeah. and now she's like, I'm actually interested now. Correct, <laughs> um, yeah. So, so
1: I, I think it went well. What do you think? Yeah, that was good. Like, you surprised
0: me by asking a question about um working in other countries and I I mean I wasn't ready for it but I and I feel like I I, I mean I've worked in very Anglo-Saxon countries in England mainly um, but I've had teams in other countries and it is very different culturally and you just kind of you understand that it's different immediately because you're immersed in it the language is different you're talking to them every day go and visit right. and, yeah. and and even going over and visiting my teens in China you know there's all these different cultural observances mm. um, and respect in both directions and I love it I'm like bring it on and, um, yeah. more different is more better in my mind right um, but I hadn't thought about it for a long time and I wasn't expecting to go into that <laughs> conversation right. talking about it but I just thought yeah there is so much I learned from being around different um, Different cultures. Yeah. And people are different everywhere. You can't just like label them like all the Chinese gonna, are going to be like yes, this. You've yes, worked yes, in lots of countries. Correct, yeah. So getting to know people, it's sometimes surprising about how much people are the same as well. True. And yeah. motivated by the same things. You correct. might be thinking they're all different and motivated yeah. by different things, yeah. but you yeah. know, we yeah. all kind of, as human beings, tend to want correct. the same amounts of security, love, fulfillment, yeah. Yeah. feeling of accomplishment, mm. all of those things. Um, but, yes, I was surprised to be thinking about that suddenly and thinking, um, thinking like, I guess that we're all much more than just the amount of skills and and qualifications that we mm. have. Mm. And I think that's where the psychological, you know, the coaching and slash counselling line becomes very blurry. And I would even put in line management as well. Mm. Like, you become a line manager, suddenly you're having some conversations with people that, can feel very much like you're helping them set out, sort out their personal issues, right? Yes. And that's yeah. the kind of person I am. So like, mm. oh, you want to talk? I want to listen. Mm. Um, so, yes, I find it very difficult to, to find out where the line is. I wouldn't I, say it's I, helped I th- my career by getting too yeah. much into people's <laughs> issues <laughs> right. in the past.
1: I prefer not to get into people's personal issues. I yeah. try to help them. Yeah. But I think um, the line is definitely blurry. Mm. Yeah, you can't really say... I will as a, as a coach I will only talk about the practice oh. yeah I'm only talking about this yeah? oh. no it there is an overlap you should be genuinely interested in people's um, people's personal life if they are ready to share if they're saying hey I, my son's birthday is today and yeah, that is something I would love to talk about oh. yeah or um, I bought a new house okay where it is how it is you do you love it and mm-hmm. blah blah so all of these things are important and people are genuinely interested in. Uh, a lot of people are interested in talking about those. Mm. But if someone is going through a, going through depression and they have they are having self-harming thoughts, I would rather mm. you know I, avoid. Defer to yeah, expense. defer to a professional then. Mm. Telling them it's okay. It's, yeah. Let me tell you about
0: yeah. how to measure cumulative flow. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Correct. <laughs> right, yeah. or you can't say it's okay don't worry about it Yeah. yeah, yeah it's yeah. not it's not uh, as simple correct yeah. so this is where the line becomes
0: I think so too because you know in in agile culture which is a term I've used lots of times today I'm beginning to think it's a thing uh, <laughs> that should be named but you know this concept of agile culture basically means that you know you're talking about the whole human being it's, it's you know individuals and interactions and people over process yeah, absolutely, yes. so you can't ignore the the parts of the people correct. that make them human
1: correct yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. at the end of the day we are all humans we have similar motivations similar requirements or needs um, we can't really fit people in specific boxes Yeah. cultures might be different so. Um, since w- when I asked you the question, yes. I knew that you had worked with different teams, so yeah. you know more about how culture impacts things, and um, and that's what I think. It's, as long as we are, we make an effort to learn about people's culture, or we make an effort to engage ourselves in doing the right thing, mm. things definitely improve. Yeah,
0: here's a here's a little example. Mm. Um, I don't know. I, I might have said this on the day, but. So I had a team in China and a team in Melbourne. And the team in Melbourne, we wanted some agile practice uplift. Yeah. So um, I got ThoughtWorks to come in and run like a one-week immersion with mm. all of the people there locally. And they sent three people. Dan, Dan Arago, who's now mm-hmm. at REA Group, was one of them. Great guy. Um, we, we had this great week where they learned all about agile ways of working. They even did some coding. Um, and then... The, the China team said, we would love some coaching, you know, some information, some skills uplift as well. I said, mm. cool. Sp- spoke to someone in ThoughtWorks in China. They sent one guy mm. and he took care of 70 people in China <laughs> <laughs> in one session. I just thought, there's something really powerful about that. We will behave as a collective and, and learn together. They sat there, they learned, you know. Um yeah. So it's very interesting, the cultural difference. Like, there's no way you could get a, t- a team of 70 people together in Melbourne and so ah. you're going to learn in a class.
1: Correct. Oh, my God.
0: <laughs> Isn't that interesting? It is very
1: interesting, so what? Yeah.
0: Tell me about the differences you've seen in the different countries you've worked in. in Asian the, you know, countries yeah.
1: are uh, usually, or I would say, I'm trying to generalise, but um, since I'm from India, I know they are hierarchical. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So mindset is still different. It's um, it's hard for a person like me from Asia to say no. Yeah. They never say no. Yeah. yeah. Um, while Western countries, I worked in the US and UK and Australia, and also worked with uh, some clients in Europe. So having two-way conversation is easier. Yeah. yeah. Because you're honest. Much more direct. Yeah. Much more direct.
0: Yeah. And it's and even more extreme in. Um countries like in the Ukraine and stuff like that. And Russia, yes, yeah, yeah. yeah they're very blunt. Yeah. All, <laughs> we would consider them blunt, but they would just say they are being honest.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the same same for Israel. Yeah, right. People are very direct. They, they may sound blunt, yeah. but they're honest people. They, they, just, they, they mean well, mm. yeah. Russians, I've worked with Russians. Actually, I learned Russian as well at one point of time. I could speak oh. some somewhat. Um, a little bit of um, Russian... Uh, Um, I forgot most of it now but um, uh, language is great but when I worked with these people I knew that they don't they're not rude people they just uh, they are direct so as long as you know about that Mm. it's easier otherwise you would be fuming all the time for no reason and the other person wouldn't know why you're angry
2: Mm.
1: yeah so my experience has been uh, quite varied and one thing that I learned after working in all of these different continents or countries is um you have to be balanced minded or neutral mm-hmm. understanding the context is superbly important mm. never jump on a conclusion or uh, never judge mm-hmm. judgment is a human thing but it's is it's a good habit to have that giving people a benefit of doubt and mm-hmm. then understanding their context and Knowing what their story means because we're easy, We're we, as human beings. It's quite easy for us to create stories
2: Yeah
1: If this this person I passed by my colleague if he uh, He didn't say hello. That means he doesn't like me anymore or maybe I've done something and we start making up those stories mm. Yeah. Maybe he had a bad day or maybe he's so busy. He couldn't really notice that you were there. Yeah, mm. so understanding context becomes highly important mm. so mm. These, these are the things that I learned in all of these, um, um, these cultures or these countries yeah. um, tell me about hierarchy
0: then in, the, in, in Asian countries and because we've a lot of agile ways of working is about you know we're well not about but as a result you get these kind of flatter organizational correct. structures where yeah. we're a bit more self-organizing right. we're not asking for permission so much yeah um, or seeking a, an opinion from someone in authority, so does that work in those countries where hierarchy is such a powerful it part does, of the culture?
1: It does work but it requires a lot, tremendous amount of uh, pre-work, right. where you have to work with the leaders and and then you tell them that it's okay to delegate the authority Yeah.
0: yeah. So you um, kind of set up the rules yes, yeah. to begin it's, with It's hard
1: and many wow. times it doesn't work right. because people in the mindset itself is if I'm the manager I will I will dictate what is going to happen Yeah. Right. so breaking those those kind of um, mindsets is very very hard almost but taboos
0: I guess in, yeah. if it's part of the culture
1: correct sounds yeah. like it but the tech tech organizations I see that it's it's um, becoming easier now oh, wow. yeah people are learning from other mm. other cultures and they're saying yeah if we have to do the right thing then we'll have to break down these silos or these um, hierarchical structures mm.
0: I think things like um, working agreements and stuff like that can work mm. quite well in those situations because it makes it very explicit mm. and people like I'm, I've always been a person who when people start talking about accountabilities and responsibilities I get very like bored of that conversation I think well can't we all just be adults but I can see how those tools and different um, yes. dynamics have, yeah. real, have a real power
1: correct yeah, yeah. Mm they do, they do. I, even I, even here I've seen some CIOs saying can you create a racing metric mm-hmm. so that we are clear on who is doing what mm-hmm. so are you looking for the responsibilities clear responsibilities or you're looking for people to blame yeah yeah because race mm-hmm. racing RACI metrics are, um, as they say what do you call it um, responsible accountable informed and uh, consulted yeah, yeah? so racing metrics can be used um for anything including this person is responsible for creating code and yep. if she hasn't that means it's this person is the scapegoat <laughs> yeah so people have used in a wrong ways as well mm. so um and th- th- this kind of but they can be used properly as well
0: mm. yeah very good mm. um so we're at at 51
1: minutes actually just
0: actually i need to get somewhere in 15 minutes too but so okay, cool. anything else you want to promote or tell me about or put out there in the world
1: i think we have talked about everything okay. i guess yeah are
0: tickets tickets still available for yeah
1: last 15 or 14 tickets that's are wonderful. available
0: that's a good result and yeah. well, what date is it
1: 6th of september
0: yeah and yeah, it's a
1: friday yeah, here cool. in melbourne at engineers australia Excellent. on Burke street
0: cool and we'll we'll include a link in the show notes oh um, good that people can click on that and book the last 14 tickets if they're quick yeah
1: yeah. awesome we decided to have just 50
0: seats yeah right
1: and um 35 sold and we did not really have to promote too much no i was gonna
0: say i didn't see you splashing it around anywhere so you must have done
1: okay we just share some good articles Mm. but not saying that last 15 tickets i might do that i will see (laughs)
0: um and do you think you'll run it again
1: I think. Well, actually, actually, I already have interest from people in Sydney Wonderful, and Brisbane. Yeah. I, and Brisbane, so. yeah.
0: I think it yeah. it's definitely, um, a, a, you know, and oh. if it's not already a new movement, it soon will be. People understand that highly engaged teams are, there's yeah. a correlation between high engagement mm. and high yeah. performance. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, so well, it, with the most selfish of lenses, companies are going to want that. Mm. Um, so I can see that it will be something I think that will get more, yeah. more and more
1: interest. Yeah let's see how it goes
0: yeah. thanks so much for spending the time thank with us you today, very Rajesh.
1: much yeah i enjoy
0: talk, talking and cool. chatting. well that was for wasn't it great hearing from him all about his conference passion and the upcoming agile culture conference links to tickets are in the show notes please go and check it out we'd love to hear your feedback please send any feedback you have email us at rebootme at rebootco.com.au. My name is Alex. This has been the weekly reboot, your regular Friday debrief of things we've heard and seen coming from the Agile community here in Melbourne and beyond. And we'll be back in your ears next Friday at 4 pm. So we'll talk again then. Bye.